Hey everybody, what's going on? I'm Rob Cisternino and we are back with the Tar Pits. We are ready to talk about everything that we uh, didn't get to in our amazing race recap and plenty more nonsense, fun games, exit interviews. This is like the the slop meets the B&B meets the Survivor Feedback Show, and more. It's all of the amazing race stuff that couldn't fit into the one tidy Amazing Race recap. This is the Tar Pits, and here we are back with our Amazing Race team. Let me bring in our chief Amazing Race correspondent, Jessica Lee. Jess, how are you? I'm always delighted when I'm reminded that I outrank Bloom. Yes, yes, yes. You that uh, you are the... Uh, I, what 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 would your rank be? I know you guys cover Star Trek over on Post Show mm. Recaps. Are you the Admiral I mean, of the Amazing Race? I I could be the Admiral. Um, mm-hmm. I kind of like that, and um, we can call. I I was gonna say Chief Amazing Race Correspondent sounds great, and Mike can be the Deputy Amazing Race Correspondent. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So Chief, like in a Chief O'Brien sort of way. Yeah, kind of. Okay. Or on the transporter. <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, that's really what the Amazing Race is all about when you think about it. Transporting. It's about transportation. Yeah. Yep. From one place to another. Of course, uh, here is a man who is uh, basically has been all over the galaxy to cover the Amazing Race. Here is, give it up for Mr. Mike Bloom. So going back to the situation, does this mean when the teams go from one pit stop to the other, are they technically the same team if their atoms are dispersed and then brought back together? This really brings up a philosophical quandary as to how the Amazing Race runs with this analogy. So, Mike, are, is what I'm hearing you say is that you want a we want an extra podcast in which we do a Brant Steele esque simulation with Star Trek characters competing on an intergalactic amazing race. I mean, listen, who knows when the Amazing Race is coming back after season 32? So we might be hard up for content here. Okay, I'm still I'm still heartbroken about how the Brant Steele turned out. So. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Get at me in a couple months. So in this podcast, uh, we are going to hear from our evicted or I'm sorry, the, the, I get uh, I say voted out. I say I mean, it's, 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 a, it's an E word. It's very yeah, similar. eliminated contestants, uh, Nathan and Cody. Uh, in a couple of moments, you will hear our exit interview with uh, Nathan and Cody from the other day. And then we have your questions and a lot of fun and games also here for you in our midweek edition of of the Amazing Race podcast. Of course, you could subscribe to our Amazing Race podcast. We always appreciate your feedback and star ratings here at the start of the season by going to robazawebsite.com slash T-A-R podcast. Mike, I know you got to speak with Nathan and Cody for Parade.com. Any highlights from your conversation with them? Something interesting that I found out that I'll admit was a a bit surprising. Apparently, according to Nathan, these two were recruited Mm -hmm. for The Amazing Race, which I'm always intrigued from like a casting perspective as to who got contacted versus who applied. You can tell with a lot of super fans this season that you could probably see that they applied. So I don't know. I'm I'm not entirely sure. Maybe like there's someone in the casting department who has their ear on the ground in the noodling circuit and decided that these two guys should be on the race. You'll hear a little bit about that in the conversation that uh, Jess and I had with them. But I guess unlike Nathan and Cody with the catfish, I felt like that just was uh, it's a little difficult to pull it out of them. uh, What exactly happened? Yeah, well, I think we have to give everybody a little bit of slack here, Rob, because it seems like 
yeah, we're going to we're going to ask people to recall things with perfect clarity that happened two years ago in a huge blur. And under normal circumstances, that's hard to do. But now I feel like it's a very slippery thing to get your hands in the the whole of the information and get it to chomp onto your hand in exactly the right way. Okay. All right. Well, without further ado, uh, let's listen to our conversation with Nathan and Cody, and then we'll come back on the other side to uh, talk about it. Here's uh, Nathan and Cody. Nathan and Cody. How's it going, guys? Yeah. How are you guys doing? Fan freaking fantastic yourself. Oh, that, that's that's great. That's great. Who is that? Nathan or Cody? I think that's uh, we're that's, speaking for both of us. Okay, Cody. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, first off, uh, let me let me just ask for for Nathan and Cody. It's been a, a long layoff since you guys uh, went ahead and recorded this show. Well, what what's it been like with the, this anticipation for the season to start? Well, this is Nathan. Uh, I would say me and Cody are probably the two of the best at keeping secrets because two years is a long time to keep an amazing secret. So <laughs> that's part of it. <laughs> but well, uh, it doesn't you know, help that his brother was spreading more, uh, spreading rumors all around the the plant. <laughs> <laughs> what was the rumor? Well, the rumor that Nathan well, was donating body parts to people. <laughs> <laughs> Body parts. Yeah. Well, you have you. I'm sure you've seen on the internet before where uh, if you donate a testicle, they give you thirty thousand dollars. No, I have not oh, seen that. Thirty thousand dollars. I have not. Are you on the dark web? Oh, what, what internet are you on? Well, you know, there's dark webs out there. You just gotta look. You just gotta look. Okay. But hey. you know, thirty thousand is thirty thousand. Yeah. Wait. Was, was the rumor that you guys were hard up for money? <laughs> well, that that and and work from up, you know, we had to do work camping all down for because you know we both work together. Okay, so I I'm curious now, um, rewatching it now after it's been almost two years since you lived it, like what has that been like to go back to that place? Uh, I mean, for me, it's uh, you bring back the ulcers. The ulcers come from the steel drums, that's for sure. <laughs> so I was uh, a little PTSD to hear that song again. <laughs> yeah, is, yeah. Is it if you hear that song, Nathan? It, then uh, is, is it really just uh, uh, like a nightmare experience relived? Yeah, you know, you got a uh, especially for Cody. I just kind of got to hold him and, uh, and swaddle him and and uh, you know calm him down where he don't start pulling his, the rest of his hair out. Mm. <laughs> I've only got two two hairs left, so I can't. Be <laughs> Do you have to grab him by the mouth and pull him out of the water? Well, I've, I've done that before. I've done that before. <laughs> <laughs> Time uh, or two. Yeah. So can you two tell us a little bit about how your experience of getting found for The Amazing Race? Did you guys send in a, a tape or did somebody reach out to you? Uh, somebody reached out to us. They found my Instagram account. And uh, I guess they saw a wild child and decided, hey, would you like to be on the race? And I hung up on them several times. So <laughs> you you didn't want to do it. I'm not on purpose. Yeah. I thought it was a no. I, nobody just calls you and says, "Hey, do you want to be on the Amazing Race?" I'm like, "Okay, you're not going to get my money, little scammer." <laughs> yeah, this isn't like that old uh, thirty thousand dollars for a testicle scam. 
Yeah. <laughs> right, right. You've only been down that road before. The problem with that scam is you can only fool me twice. <laughs> <laughs> so who was reached out? Was it Nathan or Cody that got the initial email? It was a call, and it was to me. Okay, um, and, and wait, with that, uh, we're just having a hard time. So it, is it, is that Nathan or Cody? That's Cody. Okay, and, and, and Cody, what did you tell Nathan? I told Nathan you better get your butt ready to go on uh, an amazing race. <laughs> And he said no. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you hung up on him three times, so now they know you're serious. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, Nathan said no, officially. Yeah. yeah. I had to try and find somebody else, and that was a task in and of itself, and I circled back around to Nathan. Okay. And Nathan, you eventually uh, were convinced? Well, uh, I have a wife and two kids, and so I am in a little bit of a different uh, situation than what Cody is in. And so, you know, I wasn't going to just run off because once, once you say you're going to be in and, and you get casted, you are gone for a month. No contact. I mean, no contact at all. So it's a huge commitment for, you know, for my wife and my uh, surrounding family just to trying to get kids to school and kids home and fed and homework and all this. So I didn't want to just go and do it. And my wife's like, hey, finally she was like, hey, I know I'm going to miss you. Or, man, the kids are going to miss you, but this is an opportunity of a lifetime, and you better go. So if it wasn't for my wonderful, supportive wife, I would not have went. Uh, that's really fantastic. I'd like to switch gears a little bit and talk about the actual the actual leg of the race. I'm really interested. Um, it ended in kind of a different way. I don't know if you're if you've seen a lot of the show, but this was kind of the first time that they told everybody else to keep on racing. So I would love if you are allowed to talk about this. Uh, what happened after you got eliminated? Did you know that everybody else was still racing or um, how did that whole period of uh, usually there's a rest period in there? And how did that all work when you um, after Phil told you you were out of the race? All I know is that we were eliminated and we we had no idea what Phil had told any of the other racers, so uh, we had we had no clue. Going back to the steel drum, so Cody, we know that uh, you it took you uh, a bunch of tries to ultimately get through. Did you feel like that it, it took you longer than any of the other teams, or do you feel like that it took you about as many tries as the other teams that were there with you? Oh, it was longer. Mm-hmm. It was longer. You're talking about the the steel drum, yeah. Yeah, it is longer. It is for sure longer. I have no rhythm. I mean, I fully take. I fully admit that, and that lies solely upon my shoulders. How many tries did it eventually take you? I think it was eight hundred and sixty-three, or eight hundred sixty-four. I lost count. <laughs> was there a lot of discussion between the two of you about who was ultimately going to do it? Was it a was it a fifty fifty, or uh, was it this just uh, felt like that this was going to be a Cody task all the way through? It was part of a. You know, it said, who wants to steal the show? And I was like, oh, Cody is much more outgoing and wanted to steal the show. We didn't pretty much say how the spelling was of the steal before we realized it was a steal drama. But the outcome would have been the same whether I would have done it or Cody would have done it. I mean, it's I have no rhythm as, as well. So we knew going in, the two things that we were going to have uh, trouble with were any kind of dancing or any kind of music. So yeah, it just happened to I be the first that. one. 
Yeah. Well, was there something, what was the conversation like that you had ahead of time about who was going to do which task? Did you have some idea of what kinds of things you were each going to do going in? Yeah, I'm saying that we don't even have to have that discussion. We're at that point in our relationship together that we automatically know. I mean, we're to the point when we go noodling, I can tell whether Nathan has five seconds of air left, whether he has 10 seconds of air left, 15 seconds of air left, whether he just got bit by a catfish, whether I need to go get him. We know all that. And we know it good without he's underwater. He can't communicate to me. And I know that we know exactly what both of us are good at. And we, it wasn't even a discussion we had to have. We know each other so well. So you don't think it would have made a difference if, um, if the situation had been reversed, is what you're saying? No, absolutely no, no difference. I still might have been there on the kill drums if, if it was me. We still might be there. So. so if Jess or I wanted to get into noodling, how do we get started? Well, first off, you have to come to Tennessee, and you have an open invitation. So just whenever you're ready to come. Okay. And uh, May, middle May, 1st of August. That's the only time you can do it. Yeah, I, t- I, I uh, taught Cody to noodle, and uh, I mean, he took right to it, no problem. So I'm sure you guys will be just the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we took our local newscaster, Jamal Williams. He was not so good. He had several words <laughs> edited out during his news segment. So what? Taken a, what was a the lot problem? Of people noodling. So, and well, he got bit by a catfish. <laughs> taking a lot of people noodling I've had several girlfriends that are really good at it too so <laughs> well what's the secret to noodling and not getting bit by the catfish isn't the idea to stick your hand in its mouth exactly that, that is, that's what you're looking for you're hoping to go underwater and stick your hand in a hole and hope something bites it that's the secret <laughs> so you do want to get bit Yes. Oh, yeah. That, well, if there's a catfish in there, it will bite you. They are, at that time, they're nesting, which is they're laying their eggs. So whatever comes in that hole, the catfish is trying to kill because she is trying to protect her eggs. So she will bite you. So that is how you catch them. Whenever they bite, you push in to their lower jaw and grab them and pull them out versus uh, getting bit and jerking your hand back real fast because you're scared. Mm-hmm. So, whenever you guys are ready. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, what about uh, the first uh, task that you guys had done uh, during the day in uh, Trinidad and Tobago where you were in the water, you were working with wooden fish. Uh, was that more uh, s- uh, suited to what you're used to? It was a little bit scarier than they one. I mean, I don't know. I could have gotten a splinter or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we had to do all kinds of hard stuff like removal colors and numbers. And so that was a really hard task. <laughs> yeah, catfish are kind of all the same color, aren't they? So what do you actually do with the catfish after you catch them? Do you throw them back or do you eat them? I've been doing it for 10 years now, and I've never, ever kept a catfish. Like I was saying, uh, they are protecting the nest at the time. So if you take that catfish out, you're potentially killing thousands of catfish because she's probably got 10,000 eggs, maybe more, in there. And so if you take that catfish out, there's nothing there protecting the eggs. 
and then you know other fish will come and eat the eggs so we always 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 release all the fish that we catch oh that's very smart because no more catfish no more noodling exactly yeah okay jess do you have anything else for cody and nathan um no i'm just i i feel like i've learned a lot today and i think it's it sounds like so much fun i i mean don't be surprised if i show up in tennessee one of these days that was fantastic yeah. yeah, we got a whole YouTube channel you can check out. So. Okay. Yeah, so where can people find that? Yeah, just search the- YouTube Cody Buell. All right. <laughs> okay. We'll take a look. Thanks. Uh, yeah, if you want a good laugh, uh, if you watch any of our videos and don't laugh, then you have problems. <laughs> so <Okay>. please <laughs> check it out. Yeah. Well, thank you both so much. I know that you guys came up short for the million dollars, but if all else fails, that you're both sitting on 60 grand anytime. So that appreciate uh, you guys uh, coming on and telling us about all of these different ways that people could be making money. Yep. Yep. Well, I'm not quite 60 grand anymore. Okay. All right. All right. Well, Nathan Cody, thank, thank you so much. Okay. All right, thank you. Have yeah, a great well, day. All right, there you have it, uh, Nathan and Cody. Yeah, Jess, that was pretty wild. I, I would have to say that was nuts, uh, <laughs> but we had a ball. Oh, my goodness. Shamar is like, wow. So I could have lost out on $30,000 in running the amazing race based on the damage that was done to my own assets. Yeah. Wait, um, Nathan and Cody. That I think that they're they're jokesters, but I feel like that their sarcasm voice is not that different from the regular voice. They 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 need a few like I'm kidding. <laughs> That's a it's an affliction that is more common than you'd think, Rob. Mm-hmm. I think I think it's the drawl puts like a natural dryness to your voice, and so I think when you are like very you know deadpan on top of that, it's 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 really tough to differentiate the shades. Yeah, we got to check out the YouTube channel so that we can really start to get those guys. But thanks again to Nathan and Cody for coming on and talking about their journey on the Amazing Race. We got a lot of great questions from the listeners this week, but I want to invite the listeners to send us in more questions here for the Tar Pits. Uh, Of course, we're going to have guests, Amazing Race alumni, also some of our own RHAP contributors with us along the way, but we're also going to be answering your questions. Of course, you can use the hashtag Tar Pit on the social media on Twitter, hashtag Tar Pit. We'll look that up. And then you could also email the show, AmazingRace at RobIsAWebsite.com for the email address uh, for that. All right. So we got some questions from the listeners here. And I guess, uh, let's see. I want to start with one from Felipe Shimon, great listener Mm -hmm. of Rob is a Podcast. Do you think they would have had a non-elimination leg had D'Angelo and Gary or LaVon and Kelly been last those are the two uh biggest teams coming in i know this is uh a age-old question with the amazing race about uh did they switch up the non-elimination legs and the answer is the amazing race is not rigged Mm -hmm. yeah and it's 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 that simple there's so much in the way of logistics that goes into how you plan an amazing race that it would be basically impossible to decide on the fly that we're going to have this many teams going into the next leg um, or that 
you know, we're going to just throw a speed bump because we decide we want to keep this team around longer. Uh, with a keep on racing leg, I can see where it would be, you know, you don't have to throw a speed bump in there, but you do have to keep on going. And mm-hmm. you have to plan for a certain number of teams to be at every task. Mm-hmm. You have you to have buy a certain every- number of airport tickets. Yep, certain number of airport tickets. Uh, you have to, if you decided that everybody was just going to keep on racing, you'd have to skip the 12-hour pit stop. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, in this case, it does seem like it's a little hinky. I can see where we got a lot of questions to this effect. Like everybody was like, but they said, keep on racing. How did they eliminate someone in the middle? And we talked about this in the previous podcast. But I think you underestimate how much goes into planning every single task and every single moment and who has to be where when. There's no way you could just decide to put a different number of teams out on the field at any time. Yeah. I will also add on top of that. The Amazing Race does not care about how the big names do on their season. <laughs> no, they do not. I think it would be nice if all the celebrities made it, but I do not think... I think they're fine with just bringing people to the table. Of like, look at all the football stars and Olympic athletes they have. I know they're like, my God, we've got to keep D'Angelo and Gary in there. They're our moneymakers. They're worth their weight in testicles. We've got to... They've got to make it all the way to the end. I, th- I think it's just more so about like, hey, they're on this season. Check them out for however long you want to. And you'll probably be so invigorated by the show itself that you'll keep going even after they get eliminated. <laughs> yeah, I think the premise is that you'll watch it for your favorite stars and then you'll get sucked in. Mm-hmm. And we saw that happen like, for instance, the social media season. It was like, we're hoping that you'll all tune in to watch these people that you like on their on their YouTubes. And we had a lot of people that are like, oh, I like the I like the magic team or I like. I like Tyler and Corey, and I'm going to watch for that. But then they became fans and kept on watching, regardless of how their favorites did. You know, we had Phil join us during the Tough as Nails coverage. I feel like that this is the type of question that, that Phil uh, really has a, a, a very strong answer for. <laughs> yeah, oh, you do not want to here. poke Phil, especially on social media. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Phil, Phil is Phil is having a moment. <laughs> Yeah, I, I really feel like if he was on here, we could just ask him that question and then we could all go have a cup of coffee and come back. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think that Phil's answer from uh, talking with him for, you know, nine, ten weeks of Tough as Nails, he'd be like, oh, yeah, we just, you know, we, we have our favorites, the whole thing. We figure it out ahead of time and then we just, you know, eliminate whoever we feel like it. And if it's not who's supposed to go home that week, we change it up on the fly. Uh, that's how we do it. Then long pause and then say, no, we don't. That's, that's not how yeah, we do I was gonna it. Say, so is, is that what you wanted from your Nathan and Cody interview, Rob? Was sort of like the not of it all? <laughs> yeah, that was not what we got. Yes. Okay. Uh, what other questions uh, did we get from the listeners this week? Oh, we, got, we actually got a fair few. I'm going to go in here and find a really good one. Um, I, liked, I liked this one from... Unemployed graphic designer, which yes. is also a really great handle, uh, is getting dragged by a goat the best arrival to the mat in Amazing Race history. So the only one that competes with it, in my opinion, is in season five, there was an infamous pit stop where Phil and the greeter were standing at the other end of a swimming pool. And yes. two and a team thought that they were supposed to swim the length. Or no, I think it, I don't even think it was a swim pool. I think it was just like a body of water. And they thought they were supposed to swim the length of it when there was a trail 
to the side that would have taken them to the pit stop. So these two twins swim the entire length of this body of water to check in, and then Phil's like, you know, you could have just taken that path over there. And it was so infamous that the very next season, they actually made teams swim a pool to get to the pit stop. So I'd have to imagine that that still is number one. But I think in terms of like actual implements and transportation, I do think getting dragged by a goat is probably the most expedient yet dangerous way or painful if you're Phil from Phil's perspective to get to the pit stop. Yeah, it's an interesting question on the Amazing Race. Uh, would you rather be dragged by a goat or on Survivor be dragged to the end as a goat? Well, if you get dragged to the end as a goat, you get a hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and Hung and Hung got dragged by a goat, and she apparently didn't get anything for finishing in first place. So the money speaks for itself. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah. Iconic finish to uh, the first leg of the race for Hung and Chi. It was it was fantastic. Um, and I really, I'm, I'm enjoying what they're bringing to the table. And, well, everybody this season is really bringing a lot of personality. I don't think we have any duds in this cast. Yeah. And I will say, actually, uh, we're going to get into some, you know, secret scene videos. Uh, I did not put it on the docket for this week in terms of watching it, but... I, we discovered that Hung and Chi have an interesting, unique packing for this season in that they only brought one backpack. They slimmed down to the bare essentials to the point where they have no deodorant and they are sharing a toothbrush because even bringing one more toothbrush would cause too much room in their bag, apparently. Would the deodorant really put them over the top? Yeah, I don't think so either. You think like just like a, a nice stick of of you know uh, of old spice might help them get through. But no, they were very apparently hung. Had a plan to get everything they needed into a bag. Uh, it seemed like they also didn't really pack stuff for extremely cold weather. So if they go to Russia in the fall when they were filming, uh, you know, jokes on them. But it seems like they took a big risk with their strategy. Considering where they started, I think they're okay so far. Yeah, that is the strangest packing strategy since Terry and Ian's paper underwear in season three. Oh, God. <laughs> and you definitely don't want the antiperspirant and deodorant because uh, you don't want a two-in-one is going to be heavier, especially if there's some aluminum in that uh, deo- antiperspirant. It's twice as heavy. Twice as heavy. Yeah, I was saying, maybe, maybe their strategy was like uh, bringing, you know, two-in-one shampoo, shampoo and conditioner saves on, you know, hair this supplies. Is... <laughs> but you can buy that stuff that's like shampoo, conditioner, and body wash. That's yeah. like one thing. Oh, this is smart. Uh, buying like PB and J in one jar so that mm-hmm. you have less yep. things to carry. I'm sure they yeah, didn't bring food. Mm-hmm. Well, I was going to say, I wonder if they just brought everything that was two in one or three in one, just creating as many Swiss Army knives as possible for the Amazing Race. Yeah. Zip off pants. Mm-hmm. That's smart. So yeah, maybe zip, extended zip off shirts. <laughs> okay, so uh, Kevin of. Uh, great kevin and nigel asked uh which of these teams would you replace with sharla and myrna see that's so tough because i really i really 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 like this cast as i've said before and so like to jess's point i don't think they're duds at this point to really want to replace with sharla and myrna i guess if we had to pick one team i don't know i i'm i'm loving kaylin and Haley on social media specifically but i feel like if there's any team right now that I'm still don't have like a finger on, it would probably be those two. Mm-hmm. I mean, have Charlotte and Myrna really just uh, been out of the uh, amazing race consciousness? Like, uh, just do, does Charlotte make appearances anywhere? Is she on cameo? They have moved on from this yeah. uh, quite a while ago, and Myrna has uh, 
has gotten married and had babies. I think she was married when she went on, but she had she had these adorable twins. And I, I don't know. I'm friends with them on Facebook or I was at one point and mm-hmm. followed them. And they seem to have great lives, but they never mention The Amazing Race. They're not really back into it. And I even – I've reached out a couple of times to see if they want to come on the podcast and I never hear back from them. So I'm going to say, yeah, they are – it was a fun phase in their lives that they have now moved on from. Yeah. I'm checking out Amazing Racers that are on Cameo. Uh, oh, there are, are there not, any? There are not many, uh, at least uh, as far as uh, I can tell. And a lot of them are crossovers. There's only one person that I can make out that it is a uh, amazing race only, um, with the exception of Tyler and Corey, who were not mm-hmm. on the other shows but have uh, appeal outside of the amazing race. That is the one and only Scott Flannery. Ah, of course, of Brooke and Scott. That makes sense. I yeah. So I guess yeah. I wasn't even thinking about crossovers like the twenties. Obviously, Rachel yeah, Riley, not, uh, Rachel, Alyssa. Rachel Riley, Boston Rob, uh, Corinne, Eliza. Was the other? I for some reason, racers. Natalie was on cameo. Uh, no, though I think she's uh, staying in Bob Crowley's yurt this week, <laughs> so maybe she didn't have time to make any. Yeah, so that's uh, interesting. From the the big three of CBS reality TV, not a lot of Amazing Racers on the cameo. Well, Amazing Race is kind of the lowest profile one. I feel like you could go on the Amazing Race and then show up at like Reality Rally or something and have people have no idea who you are. As mm-hmm. opposed to, I think the Survivor Big Brother people, there's always going to be someone who's going to spot you. Mm-hmm. I think you can go back to your normal life after Amazing Race a little more easily. Yeah, I think it also doesn't help that anytime you film an Amazing Race season, there's a chance it'll air like three years after you film it. So like your peak of popularity might not even come until a decade after you actually run the race. Yeah. I, although I feel like that the, the pairs on the Amazing Race cameo could be, you know, that, that is a unique mm. commodity on cameo. Yeah, well, there's also the fact that sometimes when you go on The Amazing Race with somebody, then you no longer have that relationship somewhere down the line. Like, you, if you are married, you might get divorced. If yeah. you are dating, you might break up. If you're friends, one of you might kind of want the spotlight and the mm-hmm. other one does not. I've, I've seen this happen with a lot of really iconic teams that don't even speak to each other anymore. I mean, can I, can I ask actually on top of that? Cause you reminded me of that when I was watching Rachel and Dave and that like initial montage oh, to yeah. start the season. If you remember that when Phil was like highlighting, you know, through the 1 million miles, what happened? I was, I was a bit surprised to see a Rachel and Dave appearance. Hmm. Yeah, especially considering uh, they didn't stay married for much longer after that aired. And I don't know if amazing race was a catalyst or if it would have happened anyway, but it's, it's a different it's a different thing from if you're on as yourself. And I think if you're going to do something after the show, you have to both agree on it. And sometimes you do and you get you get things like Tyler and Corey are still doing their podcast. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. then you also get sometimes somebody wants to move on and the other person doesn't and it's like how do you you know, how do you market yourself if part of yourself is having this other person there? I will also just say that 32 seasons of The Amazing Race. It's still a shocking to me that even the CBS Love Island has uh, way more people on Cameo than The Amazing Race. Yeah, well, it's also the thing of Love Island. Is <laughs> yeah, like... no, yeah, I don't think anyone's, with the exception of that aforementioned YouTuber season, I don't know how many people are going on to The Amazing Race and be like, <laughs> I'm going to boost my influencer profile. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where okay. it's like a thing I mean, Mike, to go in fairness, on they did have a shows. season of social media influencers. 
Yeah, as I was going to say, besides that, though, I mean, that, but that was also their job coming in. They weren't doing it specifically to be like, I'm coming onto the Amazing Race with the express purpose of selling flat tummy tea after my time in Mozambique. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and to be fair, you have a few people that do that. Like their Instagram has some brand promotion and they mention like, oh, by the way, I'm selling these uh, these shake things that are going to make you skinnier. But you don't do a lot of that, whereas I think it is your entire purpose if you go on Love Island or if you go on, for instance, The Bachelor or The Bachelorette, Mm -hmm. you are banking on being able to do that after you're done being on the show. And I think on Amazing Race, you want to go on a race around the world, and that's your primary reason for being there. All right. Speaking of uh, nostalgia, can we talk for a second about, because I know Matt Ligori mentioned this, the like, what was it, like century moment of of you know it seems like we're going to get this throughout the season right where phil's going to have these commercial breaks where he talks about like an infamous moment in amazing race history yes and of course where else do we start claire getting hit in the face with the watermelon the moment that made amazing race go viral even before the season started i don't know i i agree that it's an infamous moment i don't know how i feel about using it to like advertise a company Mm -hmm. they did it but before that season started that was what they were selling they were like hey you got to tune into this because someone's gonna get decked by a watermelon and this is gonna be the most amazing thing you've ever seen on the show it's going viral everybody tune in so they show they sold the show itself on the premise that you're gonna get to watch someone take a watermelon to the face so it's very on brand for amazing race (laughs) yeah mike i mean this is the most iconic moment in the history of the show i suppose so but i don't know it'd be weird if like i don't know i guess the equivalent is i just it's weird for me to imagine that the most infamous moment from the show is like something that involved physical pain it's like if the snakes and rats speech happened and then sue hawk cut her foot off like, it'd be mm. really weird to conflate those two things of like, wow, what a great TV <laughs> moment. And I'm very intrigued to see where we go from here in terms of other infamous, I would imagine. Actually, yeah, Jess, do you think you and I could try to, should, should we list off some moments that we think are going to make the, uh, the, the, I forget what the name of the company is, but that sort of interstitial for the season? Oh, yeah, I think this is a very good game. Mm-hmm. You want to have a draft? Yeah, we can do a draft. Yeah. Uh, uh, just let me uh, say, by the way, that uh, CBS has been very highly invested in the watermelon smashing industry for a couple of years now. <laughs> what a life you lead here in the big, big brother house. Do you think Claire outdid her, outdid him, though, and smashed? Like, she doesn't need a mallet. She uses her own face. Jess, were you aware that Gallagher made an appearance uh, in the big brother house in the last two years? I think... It's only because of my deep involvement in the RHAP community that I had heard this happened. <laughs> and I certainly was not watching it. <laughs> okay. All also, right. can we talk about the fact that Gallagher's brother like, basically markets himself as like the cheaper version of Gallagher? Gallagher too, yes. Mm. yes. I, I love that. Like, that is the most spiteful thing I've ever heard of somebody doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe they could get Gallagher and Gallagher too on a season of The Amazing Race. <laughs> Gallagher brother. That'd be yeah, I would say that'd be very confusing. Gallagher and Gallagher too, you're the fourth team to arrive. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So for Jess and Mike, I-, I will bow out of this because I would not stand a chance in this draft. Okay. Uh three moments each. What are going to be the mo I, I- let me what is this mobile company? Oh, it's consumer seller, spelled C E L L A R. Okay, consumer cellular. Like, okay. Yeah. It's a phone company. So it's not like cellar door, it's like cellular. No, no, no. 
Okay. Okay. All right. Um, I I have an idea. If you, I though, if you want to go first, Jess, I don't mind. Well, I we probably the the impulse is probably going to be the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I'm pretty sure one of those moments is going to be. I thought the Amazing Race was supposed to be fun and good. Oh, interesting! I did not have that one first on the draft. Yes. Oh, wow. Well, I'll take it first then. All right. For my first pick, give me Joyce shaving her head in the Amazing Race Seven. It's a good one. Consumer See, cellular customers will like that. <laughs> that is really interesting, Mike. Because I would guess, like that is a really great moment. But I'm going to go ahead and guess that we have not seen a whole lot of anything in The Amazing Race since about season. Like, I think the watermelon is like kind of the dividing moment between the mm. early era and the next era. We don't I, And I believe, because I'm pretty sure 17 was the last standard definition season as well. That's probably why we're not getting a whole lot of that. Yes. In fairness, I feel like with a consumer but- cellular phone, you can only watch videos on standard definition. So I think that's okay. <laughs> Oh, no. How's Quibi going to be streamed on the consumer cellular device? Yeah. Yeah. I will say I've watched some of the earlier seasons, like little clips of things trying to remember various things that happened. And it doesn't look great even on an 11-inch MacBook. So I can see why they're not including a lot of that. And I would say that for these commercials, they're probably going to continue that. Um, and I I feel like the memorable moments are always the ones where somebody just like loses their mind entirely mm-hmm. and so i'm gonna go with um give me give me big easy doing the roadblock in in prog <laughs> okay a globetrotters reference hmm okay oh boy okay ah uh, this is tough because i'm between two right now and they're from the same task but I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Jess, Jess's motto for a second. I'm gonna go a bit new school. Uh, give me Floyd passing out on the bikes Ooh, in Vietnam oh, yes. from the blind date season. Very good. I was I was thinking I might do the flow version, but now I'm starting to believe Jess's idea about the standard definition stuff. Yes. Okay. All right. I Jess. mean, I would go with the flow version over that every day of the week. Is that and- your pick? No. Okay. It's not my pick because I I think. I think there are certain racers that the show loves to highlight over and over. And I would say we're going to get a lot of moments of people failing at things. Because I have I have standard def moments that I would put on my top 10 before any of this. But I'm going to go with – I'm going to go with the Bollywood Dance Challenge and mm, with the perseverance Mark of Mark and Bopper. Yes. Oh, okay. that's a good one. That's a good right. one. I'll throw in an honorable mention. Uh, could we get Colin, my ox is broken, especially considering that they won and showed the clip a bunch of times yep. in season 31. Yep. Yeah. That's a good one. And actually, I believe uh, we'll not, I think we'll talk about it more next week because it has more applicability. But from the previews that I've seen of next week, there might be a Colin and Crispy archival clip that is not ox based or not directly ox based that we'll see next week as well. Okay. Is it Colin getting arrested in Tanzania? No, it is not, unfortunately. <laughs> the Sweet people Matata. at Consumer Cellular are not going to like that, Jess. Because that, that's my favorite. Um, and I, you know, I think Boston Rob Meat Block might be up there. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, so my last pick. I'm going to go with 
as much as as they might be uh not so much friends of this podcast give me some can i just do i'll do a general something involving david connor who's not oh david connor or david connor are friends of the podcast they were they were not for a hot second trying to think Uh, we dunk on them constantly but dave thinks it's funny we could have a whole nother draft of the top five amazing race teams that are not fans of this podcast But I could, well, I could, I, I can I see know something. Number one is I could see something in terms of. I think when you're looking at the amazing teams in terms of uh, overcoming adversity, mm-hmm. I think like that whole story yep. of Dave being old, or even like what happened in their first season was their whole running thing during Amazing Race 24. So if they want to go the inspirational route of like look at what this yeah. team did, mm-hmm. I could see some sort of Dave and Connor That's mention definitely there. there. And I was actually even thinking about that. I feel like Dave and Connor is your biggest proof that Amazing Race is not rigged because we watched. Dave blow out his Achilles tendon running to the mat and then being like, I I'm hurt. I'm going to rest it. I'm going to see what happens. And then the next leg he's running the whole leg and he's like, Oh, this is not good. I probably need surgery. And Phil's like, well, this is a non-elimination leg or they use their, (laughs) they use their fast forward. And then there's a non-elimination leg and they keep running for like three legs with Dave running on this blown Achilles tendon. He can't even move. Three legs is what they're going to change the team name to. Yeah. Basically, yes. And Mm. then eventually they're like, you can't keep going anymore. We're going to eliminate you. But it was like this whole thing about how are we going to keep putting the race together with the two of you not in it anymore? (laughs) And I think if a team can, if they can't do that on the fly, if they can't adjust to that on the fly, there's no way they're going to be like, oh, well, this team is kind of more famous than everybody else. We better keep them in the race. Let me give you one more question, and then uh, we'll move on. Uh, Josh Creek wants to know, where does we became friends by sticking hands in holes right on the full blue monitor? Oh, I mean, that's got to be right up there. I mean, Nathan and Cody were there not even inadvertently in the exit interview. No, they. I think they went beyond full bloom. I think they somehow reached maximum capacity and then some. I mean, that's got to be like the uh, the more humorous version of we dug coal together, a la Justified, if we Unlimited stuck our hands power. in holes together. Yeah. Okay. All right. We're going to listen in on some video clips uh, pulled by Mike Bloom about the amazing race. But first, let me take a moment and thank a sponsor for this episode of the podcast. Those are our friends over at Butcher Box. Of course, uh, Butcher Box, they are shipping high quality meat directly to your door. Uh, no meat blocking here for Boston Rob. And Butcher Box, they've got a great offer with Thanksgiving around the corner. Uh, this Thanksgiving, Butcher Box is giving you something extra to be grateful for. Of course, uh, that I've had uh, so many. Uh, wonderful Thanksgiving memories, including uh, not one, but two different Thanksgivings on Survivor. Not ideal. One was very one very different than the other. <laughs> one was one was different than the other. Yes. Uh of course, uh with Butcher Box, it's so easy to have a Butcher Box meat show up to your door. Uh you'll never be without something to cook for dinner as well, because there's always meat in the freezer, one less trip to the grocery store, and a better, more affordable option too. Every month, Butcher Box will ship you a curated selection of high quality meat right to your home. All the meat is free of antibiotics and added hormones, and each box has 
9 to 11 pounds of meat, enough for 24 individual meals, packed fresh and shipped frozen and vacuum sealed. So it stays that way. You can customize your box or go with one of theirs. Either way, it's exactly what they want. ButcherBox, it's a no-brainer. It's the best meat shipped right to your door, which means one less trip to the grocers. Options like 100% grass-fed and finished beef, free-range organic chicken, heritage pork, wild-caught Alaskan salmon. Now, I don't believe that Nathan and Cody are out there catching the salmon, right? They're not. They're not. They're not noodling the the salmon. Yeah, I don't think Arctic noodling is allowed. I feel like it's too cold to stick your too hand cold. into crevasses in the Arctic Ocean. Too cold. Uh, and they throw them back. They throw back the catfish that they catch. Uh, so wild-caught Alaskan salmon and sugar, nitrate-free bacon. It's the way meat should be. ButcherBox is the most affordable and convenient way to get healthy, humanely raised meat. With ButcherBox, you get the highest quality meat for around just $6 a meal. And they even have free shipping nationwide except to Alaska and Hawaii. It's a great option for people who uh, want to have a number of great options ready to go and have one less thing to think about in terms of what's for dinner. Right now, ButcherBox is offering new members a turkey for free in their first box. That's an entire turkey for free. In your first box, go to butcherbox.com slash R-H-A-P. That's a great deal. That's butcherbox.com slash R-H-A-P. Will the Amazing Race visit Turkey this season? I don't believe so, Rob, but they might eat some meat at some point. Yes. Okay. All right. Uh, So let's take a look at some of these clips that you've pulled for us here today, Mike. Do you want to set up the first clip we're going to listen in on? Yeah, so let's start with one, actually, that's not from the episode that we just watched. Let's start with, I've, I've been doing some scrubbing of the preseason videos, as we'll get into in a future segment here in this episode. Uh, but one, one of the things that came up, and we talked about this a bit during our draft, because this was in the middle of it, was every day leading up to the premiere, they meet, released a, like, meet the teams video mm-hmm. on Facebook and Twitter for each of the teams. And, you know, I know that I said during our previous podcast that I was happily surprised with the entertainment value that D'Angelo and Gary had brought and maybe if i had watched this video before watching the episode i would not have been surprised because i think this gives a fantastic look into their dynamic and particularly uh how d'angelo treats gary and it very much pairs with the way that he viewed gary in the roadblock this past episode okay right here is gary and d'angelo Gary and D'Angelo, former NFL players, they like each other. But when you look at the way they interact, it's hard to believe. Our first time we ever met was actually in college. He lost the game for his team. I did not lose the game for our team. They just happened to win. We ended up going to Charlotte and playing football together with the Carolina Panthers. We played five years there together, and then I... uh, I went to Cleveland. I went to Pittsburgh, and we obviously know how that went. Cleveland didn't win a game. So with that being said, the NFL has prepared me... From a winning perspective. In college, I believe my program won more than he did. So I'm actually prepared for winning as well. I didn't realize until right now how much you live in the past. We're like the twins. He got, obviously, the height, the weight. Uh, I got the charming, good looks. The weight? Overall, I would like to think that I bring a little color to his life. (laughs) All right. Gary and D'Angelo. Yeah, so I mean, I think Phil said it perfectly when he said these two like each other, but you you might not be able to tell based on the way they talk to each other. 
was like when um it was like when Phil would repeatedly dunk on Connor mm-hmm. on the mm-hmm. mat, except they're just bringing that dynamic. They don't even need Phil for it. It's just like we're gonna just make Gary the punchline of every joke for the rest of the season. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to be to be fair, this is not something we're not participating in ourselves. Right. <laughs> so, do you feel like that that this will be the dynamic for the season? The whole that it was just will be D'Angelo will just be making fun of Gary the whole time. <laughs> One hundred and fifty percent. I think it's going to be D'Angelo dunking on Gary the entire season, which is ironic given that Gary has quite the height on D'Angelo and would be able to physically dunk on him. Yeah. And so do you think that Gary is just hanging out with D'Angelo because D'Angelo is a much bigger star than Gary? Oh, is this like an entourage thing? Yeah, I was gonna, <laughs> I was gonna make an Eastbound and Down uh, reference. I don't know uh, if you're, either of you are familiar with that show between uh, Kenny Powers and Steve. Yep, he's definitely the Steve to the Kenny Powers. <laughs> like uh, D'Angelo Williams talking about all his accomplishments and uh, talking about how you know maybe Gary not as accomplished. Well, my other thought is that maybe Gary was the one who really wanted to go on the Amazing Race, mm-hmm. and his hook was, "I can get D'Angelo." Williams. I have a famous friend, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The only the only downside is he's going to have to mock me the entire time we're on the race together. Yeah. No, that's the price. It's like, okay, I will do this with you, but you have to let me make fun of you constantly through the whole. Yeah, thing. let me roast you nonstop. Okay. All right, Mike. I see that you also have a secret scene for us to check out. And a hell of a secret scene we have. So uh, there, it's interesting. You could sort of tell. It's like the Survivor stuff when they used to do secret scenes. You can tell usually what a secret scene is and what is not based on like if music is included. This one that we're about to see is it's a scene by the name of Fangirl. And we don't have we the only celebrity cameos we have on The Amazing Race are either from contestants or from pit stop greeters. We have broken the norm right now as Michelle and Victoria are going to find a famous person sitting in the airport on in LAX before they fly to Trinidad and Tobago. Now, is this the first? Have we ever had a celebrity sighting at an airport on The Amazing Race? I think there have been celebrities at the airport at the same time as the racers, but I do not believe we've ever had it filmed. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, we've also had where The Amazing Racers have to take a picture with a celebrity, like when we had in The Amazing Race finale, the teams had to take a photo with oh, yeah. Barack Obama, and it was a cardboard cutout. Yeah, but on the other hand, they sent him to Wayne Newton's house during a finale, <laughs> and it turned out to really be Wayne Newton's house, and Wayne Newton was really there, so... It could be either yeah. way. Yeah, yeah it could be the Wayne Newton, ways. or it could be the cardboard cutout of Obama. Those are your two <laughs> options. All right. Uh, Let's check out uh, this clip, this secret scene. This is from uh, the CBS Amazing Race account. Uh, It's called Fangirl. Oh, my God. So this is Michelle and Victoria. They are walking through the airport, and they believe they have identified Wolfgang Puck. And it looks like (laughs) this is... He's just sitting there. This is Michelle leading the way. Oh, it it is, and it will be. Okay. All right. Here's yeah. Michelle going up to an unsuspecting Wolfgang Puck at the airport terminal. Hello. Again. Hi. I'm a very big pain of yours, and I'm, I know... Did you say I'm a very big pain of yours? No, I think it's the Southern accent, right? They're the Cajun, the Cajun Asian, so she's got that, like, draw, like, I'm a very big fan of yours. Oh, Again. Hi. I'm a very big pain of yours, and I, I noticed you in the, uh, 
in the line a while ago. I apologize, I kind of gave you a weird look, but butter and bacon always makes it better, right? That's what they say. <laughs> so, um, Mike and Jess, as uh, people who are much more fluent in the culinary arts than I am, would either of you recognize a Wolfgang Puck in the wild? Probably not. Yes. I, I mean, I... Mean, he- I- he has I've the watched- sort of look of like an older man, well, older white man. So I don't know how distinct <laughs> his look is. Yeah. Okay. If he's not wearing a chef hat, uh, maybe it's hard to recognize. Okay. Let's go back to uh, <laughs> Michelle and Victoria. At the- and also Wolfgang Punk gives like just very much like he's clearly into his reading. He just, she's, you know, talking about butter makes it better. And he very clearly just gives the thumbs yep. up like, yes, that's yep. what they say. And he just sort of moves on. Yeah. <laughs> that's what they say is a real blow off line. Yeah. That's what they <laughs> yeah. say. <laughs> okay. Hey, I'm a very good cook. Like I'm getting nervous around you too. I appreciate a very good knife set. It's gumbo season. You know about that, right? I have a truffle mandolin. I can name I'm like getting nervous in front of you right now. I don't care about the Kardashians or nobody. <laughs> Making move. I apologize. Now closed his magazine and is now <laughs> sauntering away. <laughs> <laughs> they kicked him out of an airport chair and that's the thing we've all you know traveled enough to know that like when you are at an airport and you're waiting for a while you tend to like find a spot to hunker down and maybe it's near a charger and those are pretty prime pieces of real estate mm-hmm. it takes something to really push you away and in this case it is a time lapse of michelle not even asking him questions it seems just more so bring up her own culinary feats that she's accomplished like it's gumbo season mm-hmm. and having a truffle mandolin Yes. Um, Also, Jess, that in the row that's behind Michelle and Victoria in this video, it seems as though somebody is carrying on a number of bankers boxes onto the flight. (laughs) Is somebody doing an audit on this flight? I mean, it's possible that this is like Amazing Race stuff Mm -hmm. because production does travel with the teams. So maybe they've got a whole bunch of like files and like... Like I said, it takes a lot to plan this out. Maybe that's how. Maybe that's the whole race course is in that box. So yeah, could this be? Could this be Wolfgang Puck's tax records, and that's why he's on the flight with them? Is Wolfgang Puck headed to Trinidad? <laughs> he has an offshore account. <laughs> Somebody audit Wolfgang Puck. Okay, here let's just uh, check it. He's got establishments <laughs> everywhere. Uh, thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay, in fairness, I might recognize him because the camera swings over to the Wolfgang Puck restaurant that is like across the way. Yes. Maybe he's just doing quality control in his restaurants, but if there's a photo of him there and they just walked by it, I think the possibility for recognizing him is a little bit more. But it looks like the Wolfgang Puck restaurant at LAX is closed. Maybe he was closing well, it up maybe for the he, night. He closed yeah. it down. Yeah, locking the door. You think there. he works out well, of the LAX branch of the Wolfgang? Yeah. When he gets bored, <laughs> you know, sometimes you need a change in routine. I'm going to LAX to work in my established restaurant at Terminal D. You know, sometimes you get bored. You mm-hmm. need to shake it up a little bit. That was but great. I love that 
Michelle says, like, you know, oh, like, goodbye, nice talking with you, and he just gives no response. He just keeps walking. Mm-hmm. Like, I, he is fed up. Who knows? Like, also, let's, we talked about the fact that they started at night, which is uncommon on The Amazing Race. This might be, like, 1 or 2 a.m., and I think his level of Fs is at a negative level at mm-hmm. this point, so I think he could, I could totally imagine him just, like, saying, screw any sort of, you know etiquette i'm just gonna walk away from this woman who keeps pestering me with cooking facts well, Jess, i'm surprised he signed the release for this um i would guess he probably there are probably people traveling with them that smoothed this over <laughs> it's like i would guess like maybe phil himself stepped in and was like hey man i'm sorry about that but come on you know that's great television <laughs> Okay. Like, if Phil asked you to sign a release after somebody hassled you in an airport, you would. Maybe do it. they're going to do a leg of the Amazing Race, like at a Wolfgang Puck establishment, maybe down the road. It's maybe they're going to work something out. Or maybe it was I mean, like a quid, publicity. A, maybe pub. it was like a quid pro quo, like, "Hey, you sign this release, and we won't reveal that you were the one being audited with all those tax <laughs> forms on the plane with us, <laughs> all those bankers' boxes." Yeah, we've got the dirt on you, Puck. <laughs> All right. Uh, then also in social media news uh, this week, uh, Phil had shared that there were some new amazing race uh, publicity photos that had been taken around the time of the Amazing Race 32 premiere. And Phil shared them on social media, which really caught the attention of Dalton Ross, who really had a field day with Phil on social media in some of these action poses, uh, which Dalton Ross, I feel like, does not pay a lot of attention to The Amazing Race. So I think that this was probably a win for the show. Yeah, I think this is what we get for not having Survivor on in the fall, right? Dalton's eyes are uh, more wandering, and so he picks out that. Yeah, so Phil Phil had he did the typical thing with the photo shoot of, okay, one serious pose and then one for fun. And the one for fun is Phil doing what can only be described as the Mario jump. Where he is has you know two feet in the air and it looks like he's punching, uh, and then Phil went on to show another post that he did apparently of him bursting through what looks like uh, just a yeah piece of matte paper mm-hmm. to be like I'm coming out of your screen. This is Phil in 3D. <laughs> I'm infiltrating. Someone did your that world. on the Bachelorette this week too. So someone could mash that up. <laughs> Like, just, like, stencil your future husband onto the front of the paper, and then it's, like, best of all the reality this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So here's Phil jumping. Uh, they've The great photographers uh, caught Phil, like, in midair here. Uh, and then uh, this Photoshop image uh, started appearing in all sorts of other mediums that Dalton Ross was uh, sharing. Uh, I see one... Here is... Uh, oh, this is Phil in 300? Phil in the 300. Yes. Uh, listener of the show, uh, Weed Brain, uh, responsible for <laughs> working on uh, that one, which Dalton Ross retweeted. We also then had Phil... Uh, he is flying here on a pterodactyl in the world of Pandora, I believe, uh, from the courtesy of the great uh, sh- Shut Up Tim, currently Shrek Up Tim. Yeah, I was going to say, wow. Shut up, Tim. I mean, is this Shut Up, Tim, or is this T Dub's burner account that he's, of course, putting <laughs> Phil in Pandora? Mm. Yeah. Uh, and then also, uh, here's one. And this is now, uh, what is, is this uh, Super Smash Brothers, Phil? It is, which really makes me feel like, you know, you can skin your me, 
uh, to basically be anything you want in Super Smash Brothers. Someone needs to create a Phil Kogan me mm-hmm. now to make this picture actually become a reality, because <laughs> I do love him beating on these video game characters. Is this a cheat code that you could put in and, like, Phil could become a playable character, like in um, NBA Jam, when you could unlock Bill Clinton and Al Gore? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and give Phil a big head. Yes. yes. Uh, also, then, Weed Brain put uh, Phil, it looks like some sort of, like, a 40-yard dash uh, in the Olympics, uh, carrying wow. the New Zealand flag, uh, edging out, I'm uh, presuming, uh, I, you know, I would say Usain Bolt, but that's the only sprinter that I know. Maybe it's. The, I think maybe on top on top of it, we brain uh, the image of the goat dragging hung mm-hmm. in, and going in front of Phil as well to show which one is the fastest. Yes. Uh, here is Wheat Brain. Uh, is this the Tarzan Disney film? <laughs> it is. Swinging yes. On and Phil line. is <laughs> following behind the twosome of Tarzan and Jane. And he's also filtered the image to make Phil look like he's a cartoon, <laughs> which is. Very impressive. Yes. Okay. Uh, so uh, amazing job. Check out Dalton Ross on Twitter if you want to see a lot of the images that uh, he's shared and see if maybe, uh, much like with uh, Australian Survivor, if uh, we are going to continue to see this meme shared. Uh, who is, who did they do that with? In the preseason with the tiny... Who was the tiny person? Oh, so they, they did it with Shawnee. Yeah, they kept trying Shawnee. to like put her... Yeah, they kept trying to put her in things because she wasn't in the preseason material. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Um, we have some games to play here today on the Tar Pits. Uh, we have two, not one, but two games for the listeners of the Tar Pits. What a world. What a world. What a life we lead here on what the Tar Pits. What a life we lead in the... I would also be... I would be very fearful if Gallagher or Gallagher 2 did that roadblock. Because, like, wouldn't he just smash the sealed drum instead of actually playing it? <laughs> yeah. It's true. He doesn't. He doesn't have any sense of finesse when it comes to hitting things. Three, five, eight. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But as a percussionist, that made me very nervous anyway, because you can't just like go up to steel drum and like yeah. whack it. You have yeah. to warm it up. Here's first. Gallagher on the steel drum. <laughs> <laughs> no, you get the X and gong. You get the gong. <laughs> Well, so, of course, we're going to have some games involved in here. You cut me, I bleed games at this point. Um, so let's start with one that's, that's talking about the preseason. So prior to this season, several preseason videos were not only released in terms of meeting the teams, but also released by the Amazing Race channel that asked the team some very similar questions. So here's how this is going to work. We're going to go through each of the three video packages. Um, and then we're, I'm going to ask a question. And there's going to be four questions in a category. Three of them, each of you are going to write down which team oh. you think said it. Yeah. And the last one is going to be a little bit different. It's going to be more of like a guess how many. But basically, we're going to have you both answer the question at once. We'll go by the honor system. But basically, the, the entire game is going to have you try to guess which team said this particular quote in these preseason videos. Are we both guessing for each question, or is it let's have, let's, Yeah, let's have you both guess. There are 11 teams this season, so we'll cast the net wide here. There are plenty of opportunities to guess. Great. All right, so uh, let's start here with... Let's start with the first video that was released, which asked about the player's greatest fears. Hmm. So... Uh, again, I'm going to read a. I'm going to read a, a quote or ask who said what, and you just have to pick a t- the team that you think said this quote. So very easy. Let's go with a very commonplace fear. Which team? And it was only one team this season. 
Which team said that their greatest fear was snakes? Jess, which team, in your opinion, you do you think said their greatest fear were snakes? Both of them. Okay. It, 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 it could be it could be one, but it's sort of like what representing the, the teams. Hmm. Okay. I'm just gonna guess blindly. I have no idea. Okay. okay. All right, Jess. What do you have? I have. I have Will and James. Will and James. Rob. Said uh, Kelly and Levon. Sorry, you were both incorrect. Uh, the correct answer is Frank of Jerry and Frank, apparently terrified of snakes. Hmm. Jerry said he'd handle them no problem. Hopefully, he doesn't have to dance them to death because we know that's going to be an issue. Yeah. Can I just uh, add a Jerry and Frank story real quick? Though? So I watched oh, yes. The Amazing Race a second time last night to get ready for this podcast uh, with my children. I thought that this would be a fun time to spend with my boys. And so I was trying to show them like, oh, look, look, this is a dad and a son. This is that that, that this is Jerry and uh, and Frank and my four year old, who is kind of a uh that he's a, trying to think of a of, of a more family friendly way to say that he is a uh bit of a of a um he's a ball buster and uh that he <laughs> he he often bullies me and one of his <laughs> one of his things that he does is uh hey frank and i said that's that's not that's not my name he's like yeah it is you're frank <laughs> Said, no, 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 I'm, I'm not. I'm da- that. My name is Daddy. He's like, yeah, whatever, Frank. Uh, and <laughs> I tried to explain that. Look, oh, there's Jerry and Frank, and he said, no, Dad, you're Frank. <laughs> so now he's gonna call him like Jerry and Dad just to really screw with you. So every time Jerry and Frank were on the screen. And uh, I was trying to explain who F- Frank was. And he says, hey, I yeah. love that your son is gaslighting you in your own house. You're, yeah. Yeah. Get, get me, get me some water, Frank. <laughs> it's very, it's very mean. Rude. Oh my God. I can goodness. tell that you're deeply hurt by this, Rob. Mm-hmm. It's okay. I'm glad you shared with us. Yes. It's a, you know, it's Our- hurtful. Well, let's move on from the Frank of it all and move into the real Frank, aka Rob and Jess, answering this next question. Which I'm team said that their greatest Amazing Race fear was getting eliminated first? Oh Which Amazing Race team said their greatest fear was getting eliminated first? Rob, what do you have down? Okay. Uh, I went with uh, Gary and D'Angelo. Jess? That is also who I went with. And you are both correct. Uh, actually, yes. there were two answers for this. D'Angelo and Gary said it, and Kelly and Levon said it as well. So ironically enough, two of the teams that were very close to being the first eliminated might have had their own fears realized in front of them. They spoke they it into the universe. They manifested yeah. this, yeah. Exactly. When you manifest it, it becomes a near possibility. But luckily, both teams survive. Uh, if you're Felipe, apparently the fix is in, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> Which team said their biggest fear was eating weird food? Which team said their biggest fear was, quote-unquote, eating weird food? Hmm. All right, Jess, what do you have? Who is afraid of eating weird food? Um, I'm going to go with Kaylin and Haley. Kaylin and Haley for Jess. Rob, what yeah, do you got? That's what I said, too. 
uh, how much you underestimate the Southern Sisters. No, it is Iswar of Iswar and Aparna said he is uh, very afraid. I think he's really afraid of eating it in like large quantities mm-hmm. as they did in a period of the Amazing Race. But Aparna said, yeah, no worries. Too. Exactly. I think Iswar <laughs> really trying to channel his best Boston Rob there. Uh, so, then again, the last question for this particular category is going to be a number. Yes. Instead of a team, I'm going to ask you, and we'll go. We'll do closest. Doesn't matter if we're going over or not. Of the teams that were asked what their greatest fear is, how many teams said that losing their passport was their biggest fear? A big, amazing race fear. How many people in this cast, or how many teams in this cast, do you think have it as their number one fear? Jess, you seem very confident. What'd you write down? Three. Number three for Jess. Rob, how many did you write down? Two. Rob is right on the money. That is correct. Leo and Alana, and surprise, surprise, our requisite superfans, James and Will, both said that losing their passport is their biggest fear. I am honestly surprised it's not more, uh, but considering, again, the, the level of super fandom, but only two teams put it as number one right now. Okay. Okay. All right. So now we move on from one video into the next one into the teams on The Amazing Race Season 32 discuss their strategies. So let's talk some preseason strategies here. We're going back to team identification. Who said, which team said the following? Quote, we're here for a good time, not a long time. <laughs> hmm. We're here for a good time, not a long time. Here for a good time, not a long time. Hmm. All right, Rob, what have you guessed? We're here for a good time, not a long time. <laughs> I'll say the good time guys, uh, Nathan and Cody. That's understandable. The Men with $120,000 on their pants combined. Jess, what do you have to say? Um, Rob and I should go on the newlywed game. <laughs> yeah, we're on the same page. You're on the same page, but in the wrong book. That is not the correct answer. It's our volley bros, Riley and Madison, mm. said we're here for a good time, not a long time. Really selling themselves short in the preseason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everybody's winner pick says that, sure. Mm-hmm. All right, here's your next quote. We gave ourselves a one-minute pouting period. Once we're over that, we've got to move on. We've got to keep racing. Which team give this, given themselves a one-minute pouting period before moving on with the rest of the race? Jess, what do you have? Um, I'm going to guess Michelle and Victoria. Okay, Cajun Asians themselves. Rob? I don't believe that uh, Victoria pouts. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, <laughs> Will and James. Unfortunately, you are both incorrect. It is the first pleasures themselves hung in chi. Understandably so, given their packing regiment, they have everything particularly organized, including their schedule for the race. <laughs> One minute of pouting, and then they move on. Mm-hmm. They have small children. I guess that makes sense. Yeah, hopefully their children aren't calling them by the wrong names. <laughs> it's very hurtful. Yeah, one minute pouting period, and then you don't call me Frank anymore. Maybe you should try that, Rob. Mm-hmm. All right, so... Which team said for the race, they're going to have one person do as many challenges early on as possible so that the other person can do all the height challenges later on? Oh. So, yeah, they're, they're implementing the unique strategy of having one person do a bunch of challenges early on, as many as possible, so that when it gets to the height challenges, the other person can take over. Rob, what oh, do you think? challenges. Okay. Yeah, who is our requisite Murph and partner here? Okay. 
Um, yeah, I think I misheard the question also, uh, <laughs> but I'll still go with the same. Uh, I'll say uh, Gary and D'Angelo. Gary and D'Angelo. Jess, yeah, what about I'll you? Yeah, I'll go with that too. Well, uh, Gary does have the height and apparently the weight according to D'Angelo, but no, that is the incorrect answer. Uh, Alana and Leo... Our, our glasses-toting nerds have the strategy. Alana is apparently terrified of heights, and so she is going to do as many early st- challenges as possible so that inevitably when they have to jump off of something, Leo will then have be able to take over without, you know, being able to be uh, blocked by any roadblock. You know, I talked about Alana and Leo in the recap that I felt like that they had like a necklace that was unusual, and I noticed it on a lot of, it, a lot of teams. I think that that must have been a microphone. I think that they may have like switched uh, the microphones to more of like like a Big Brother Canada style microphones mm. for uh, so at least maybe some things that had to do with the water. Yeah, it looked like um, actually the container for like AirPods. Yes. Like it looked like a little like white pill case they wore around their neck, which was probably some sort of like waterproof casing because they went into the water with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. So water's fine. Heights, no for Alana and Leo. Uh, so we're getting into another number question here. So again, you're going to write down the number. How many languages did James and Will study in preparation for going on to the Amazing Race. Hmm. How many languages did James and Will study and or memorize before going on to the Amazing Race? Jess, what's your number? I'll go with six. Rob? I'll say four. Now it's Jess who's right on the money. It was indeed six. Boom. And they memorize apparently ten common phrases in each of those six languages. I would not imagine how you could store that into your brain, but these guys are committed AF. Mm-hmm. Well, they're they're super fans. They know that you have to say, we're in a race. Very fast, please. Thank you. <laughs> All right. We're moving into our final video here. And my personal favorite, the Amazing Race Season 32 cast on their favorite Phil-isms. Oh, Ooh, I now it does start. Uh, well, it does your dags to your point. It does say Nathan and Cody do start by saying like, "What are there philisms? Did people actually answer this question? Yeah, they were and indeed people. Yeah, Fuck indeed people around. did. Uh, all right, so which team they said, said that, and then the amazing race producers were like, "Let's right. rig the race against them." <laughs> yeah, let's let's pay <laughs> off that steel pan judge to really just <laughs> tank that roadblock. <laughs> Yeah, it takes some balls to admit you don't know any any philisms. <laughs> All right, so let's start here. Well, they get the big box. Who's which team's favorite philism is Oy vey. Is that a philism? It's apparently been appropriated from the Jewish people <laughs> to Phil Kogan. Has Phil ever said Oy vey? Yes, if you remember, actually, during the infamous uh, John and Jessica stuff, I'm pretty sure when they got in the argument with each other, uh, when like they didn't use the the express pass, I think Phil said "oy vey" in response. Hmm. If I'm remembering correctly. Okay. All right. So, which team said their favorite philism is "oy vey"? Jess, what say you? Um, I'm gonna go ahead and guess Michelle and Victoria. Uh, Michelle and Victoria. <laughs> Rob. I'll say Jerry and Frank. Uh, no, unfortunately, sorry, Frank. You and Jess are wrong. It is Hung of Hung and Chi, whose favorite phrase is Oy vey from Phil, which, to your point, Rob, was mentioned once about eight years ago. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, maybe that's the season they give you to watch and sequester. Yeah, that could be the thing. I like, don't know. Do they know still how do that? Yeah, I don't know. Everybody says their favorite survivor is Parvati because they always show them the Parvati seasons. Hmm. 
Okay. Yeah, maybe Amazing Race 32 is, I don't know. It's it's a fine modern season. It's not like the best of the best. Uh, all right, so who said their favorite philism is when he announces that someone has incurred a penalty, such as the Rob and Jess, you are the fourth team to arrive. However, because you took someone else's bike tires, you've incurred a 30-minute penalty. <laughs> who has that as their favorite philism? I'm just going to go ahead and say that John Montgomery is way better at that than Phil is. Mm-hmm. But I don't right. think any okay. of these people have well, watched Amazing You're going to get this strongly worded email. <laughs> All right, Rob, who do you got? I'll say Michelle and Victoria. Jess. Bill and James. It is. You've guessed D'Angelo so many times, and this was the correct answer. D'Angelo loves the heel turn from Phil as he announces uh, penalties incurred after a nice, you know, good news, bad news situation. Maybe that D'Angelo feels like in that moment, Phil is like a referee. It feels very similar to home. Like, uh, that's a penalty. 15 yards on the defense. First down. Yeah. And you have to do the hand <laughs> motions, too. <laughs> All right. Who said from the their favorite philism? Quote: I like when Phil calls out the dog boyfriends for being dogs. <laughs> what does he do that? Someone said, "I like when Phil calls out the dog boyfriends for being dogs." Who's gonna say that? <laughs> Has Phil ever called out somebody's boyfriend? Yeah, well, I I mean, I'm thinking about uh, there was that moment in season six when he's like, when he says, Jonathan, don't you think you want to apologize to Victoria? Mm-hmm. Right. And I think I he guess- did something with uh, Peter and Sarah in season 10, maybe about oh, right. like, you're like, oh, you're being too tough on her. But Jess, who do you think their favorite philism is calling out the dog boyfriends for being dogs? This sounds like something out of Michelle's mouth. So I'm going to say Michelle and Victoria. I said Caitlin and Haley. Uh, I'm sorry. It is Alana. Of Alana and Leo using the vernacular dog boyfriends, which I have not heard until that. I heard about like dogging on somebody, but I never heard someone be called a dog boyfriend. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I guess we all learned something new. All right. So we're tied 2 2 into this final question. So this is what it's like nine million (laughs) questions. We are tied 2 2. That's that's a tough one. Yeah. There were 11 teams to choose between. So the call comes down to this How many teams? in this video, said that their favorite philism was the way he raises his eyebrow. Hmm. So we're on the fourth question? Yes, we're on the number question now. You have to write down a number. The number of teams you think said their favorite philism was raising the eyebrow. Yeah. By the way, the Phil, like, uh, the world is waiting for you, uh, that was uh, great camera work on that also. Yeah, they, I think they've really done a great job with that, of like the sweeping shots. Like they, I mean, obviously, since they do it every season, they've now like pulled it off uh, like a masterclass. They've mastered it. All okay. right, Rob, how many teams are in love with Phil's eyebrow? Four. Four. Jess? I'm going to say every team that you didn't mention already. Jess, you overestimate the fandom of the teams. It was three. Then mention the eyebrow explicitly, which means, Rob, with a, with an answer of four, you have one. Barely an squeaked it out. You made it to the mat just in time. You beat, beat Jess to the foot race, and you have won this game. That was game. an amazing upset. Wow. Okay. Yeah, and I, I think there's some, there's some great stuff of them, like Kelly showing off the eyebrow, everyone trying to do their best pop, which really doesn't compare to the original Coke. Uh, so, you know, they're, they're trying their best, though. It is no dog boyfriends getting called out for being dogs.
<laughs> All right. Wow. There you go. All right. Well, now I guess uh, I'm ready to go double or nothing and take on Mike Bloom. What an upset yeah, it would Robin, be if I could beat out Jess and Mike in an amazing race game I, here today. I do not like your chances on this one, Rob. Okay. All right. Well, this is Mike as someone with extensive musical training and someone who is far more steeped in this fandom than Rob has been. Mm-hmm. I think. I, I, in fact, I decided that the two of you should play collaboratively okay. on this game. All right, give me a chance. So, oh boy. everyone this is, is be my a five hole. Yeah. You can say that you are batting a thousand. I'm the Rob, dog boyfriend of this team. Yes. <laughs> well, Sammy well, commenters call out you for being a dog, Frank. <laughs> In celebration of the Deo of it all. I have put together a little quiz in which we're going to listen to eight clips from spanning the seasons of Amazing Race that RHAP has covered. And I'm going to have the two of you try to figure out which which season, which challenge, which location. Like, I, I want you guys to try to describe to me what was happening okay. when this clip played as nausea. Oh, boy. Okay. Okay. Right, here's a theme song. <laughs> There we go. You can play that when you get it right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we're going to probably get three closer to that than five or eight in terms of questions right. Yeah, well, I have, I have eight clips here, and I can give you hints. I will tell you. Okay. I can tell you either the season or the city. All right. Okay. So we basically, so basically, it's a subjective thing. If you feel like we get it close enough to what happened, then we get it right. Yeah. Like, I'm not, I'm not, I don't have rubrics here. I'm not like an amazing race judge. I'm just going to be like, yeah, you know what that yeah. is. Yeah. So there's no producer off camera that gives you the nod as to whether you can give us the clue or not. Well, that's why Phil hasn't stopped by. He's like, actually, right out there. He's going to mm-hmm. give me the eyebrow if you're right. Yeah. If we had more time, I wish we could play uh, Steel Drum, name that tune. Yeah. Where's Will from America doing the ska steel drum mix <laughs> of Deo? Yeah. If we play you the steel, how many, how many drum beats on the steel drum would it take you to, to take uh, these pop covers? All right. Well, I got a couple of really easy ones in here, and I feel like this first one is going to get you set, get you off to a good start. Okay. Here's clip one. All right, Rob, do you remember that one? Uh, yes, I do remember that it was from the finale of The Amazing Race 31. And uh, if I was going to give you some more information about that, I want to say, uh, were they in Detroit for? Yeah, yes, they were. And I, th- and I think they had to, there was like a bunch of, there were like 10 bands or something playing it at the same time. And they had to put together a drum set while listening to it on a loop. Mm-hmm. That's what I remember of the task. Yeah. Yep. That is correct. Um, and as I recall, it was way more than 10 rock bands. It was like a thousand people. Mm-hmm. And this is apparently, this is a thing, like I looked this up to try to find a version of this song that I could put onto the clips for you. And it turns out that this is a an organization that puts this together in different cities and they just get like local musicians from all over to come in and they all play seven nation army. And that's like the one song that they play. There's wait, 50 specifically seven nation yes. army. Mm-hmm. There are 50 different they are versions. Seven nation army, Mike. Yeah. 
There are yes. 50 different that- versions of a thousand people playing this song. Yes, here's a Could, here's a sh- cover of the song. Set in the steel drum. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Wow. What a cover. Who would have thought? You know, maybe they should do like an initiative, sort of like Hands Across America, called Seven Nation Army, where they play it in seven countries at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Sort of like Live Aid. Okay. All right. You ready right. for clip number two? Clip number two. All right. Here we go. Clip number two from the Amazing Race musical quiz. Okay, Mike. So I feel like maybe I'm thrown off by the the prepubescence that I hear in this clip. This, knowing Jess, this feels to me like that infamous task in Amazing Race 23 when they had to sing the the east some sort of european song in front of a choir of boys and they would all laugh and point at him as if it was rob's sons uh you know Mocking when they me. got it wrong yeah yep do you remember where they were mike oh boy i want to say austria but i don't know if that's right you're right mike because that's okay. the vienna boys choir mm-hmm. oh okay perfect performing uh di farella by Franz Schubert, which was the song that they had to learn and sing in German in Amazing Race 23. There you go. So there you go. All right. You got it right. Okay. All right. I think like number three might be a little harder. Oh, the harder? Right. Okay. Oh, well, God. we got, we were, it was good while it lasted, okay. Rob. Okay. <laughs> Yes, my I got it, 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 I got it. Like a touchdown pose uh, for D'Angelo Williams. Exactly, no penalty on D'Angelo. This is when they had to do the rap detour in season 27, because I remember Team Motherboy had to do the, the rap, and they really got hung up on it. Yes, indeed, Mike. Very good. Because <gasps> they had to do it in French. Mm-hmm. Yes. Wow, well done, Mike. And, and I, think, I think that was actually another keep on racing leg, was like they, uh, they, they really, like, they were going to get eliminated, but it turned out to be a non-elimination leg. Yeah, and I remember Kelsey and Joey having having their like extremely Caucasian hats with their names on them mm-hmm. and the big flat brims and trying to do the French rap. Mm-hmm. It was that was also very entertaining. All right, re- you ready for clip number four? All right, let's see. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. Now this one sounds much more familiar. <laughs> yes, it, <laughs> it does. Particularly if you're if you're a fan of a certain sponsor. Hmm. Yes. Okay. What is it, Mike? So I believe this is from season thirty when they were in. Oh, I want to say Zimbabwe. It was either Zimbabwe or Tanzania, uh, and they had to get on stage and sing the oh hey oh hey papa. Uh, and I remember infamously that Rob sang along that week to a true car advertisement <laughs> to this very song. Yeah, there you go. You are correct, Mike. Very well remembered. And they were in Zimbabwe. And as I recall, you couldn't just learn the song. It wasn't enough. You had to, like, 
rock out to it and you oh, yeah. got dinged for insufficiently rocking out to it. Mm-hmm. And of course, that was one that infamously featured Cody Nixon. So, you know, he had a problem with the energy level of things. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Okay. All right. Here's clip number five. <laughs> Wow. Sounds like it's a small world after We're all. We're going a little bit further back for this one. Oh, no. I can give you a hint if you want. <laughs> yeah, you know, let's take a hint. <laughs> okay, this is from season 22. Ooh, okay. And they very infamously went to this country and listened to this song. Could this be? I have a thought, but I don't know, Rob, if you have any, any possibly any thoughts about mm-hmm. this. It would be hard for me to even, like, name three teams that were on The Amazing Race 22. <laughs> Dave well, and we Connor. talked about, yeah, Dave and Connor. Mm-hmm. And the, the dude with the hair. And Carver cut out of Obama. Yeah. That counts. Mm-hmm. So, I'm, I, so I know in Amazing Race 22, I think it was, they infamously visited an Asian country and they performed a roadblock where they had to do like, uh, where they had to watch like a, or a detour, they had to watch like a communist ceremony. <laughs> and basically everyone complained Uh-oh. to CBS about it. So I feel like it was from that. I want to say, I, I don't think it's <laughs> Vietnam. I don't think it's Vietnam. I don't think it's Vietnam. <laughs> Is it Vietnam? <laughs> yes. Wow. Okay, so this is the one that that caused all the the Karens to write in, right? Right. It was all the Karens wrote in because they had to watch this song about how socialism is great. And then the pit stop was in front of a monument created out of a crashed B-51 bomber. Mm -hmm. And it was, yeah, it was was controversial. But people got over it within a week because 24-hour news cycle. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. All right. Let's listen to clip number six. Does this ring a bell for you, Mike? Oh, boy. Okay, because... So this makes me feel like one of those tasks where you... We're staying in Asia here where they, like, go to, like, a karaoke yeah, bar. Yeah, could it be... Was they, it like, from last to... season? No, because I think that last season was the Nung now, Nung now, okay. Nung now, 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 now. Like, that's <laughs> yeah, the one yeah, that, I, yeah. that I really remember that hook. I don't remember this one. Can you play it one more time? Okay, here we go. Are they saying in the middle of it, you might need a cyclone? Hmm. I don't know. I feel like Stephen Fishback here, obsessing over BTS and Asian <laughs> pop songs. Jess, can you give a hint? I can give you a hint. This is from the premiere of season 26. Oh, Lord. Oh, season 26. Where did they go in season 26? Oh, so I feel like they, I feel like they went to Japan in the first episode of season twenty six. They did, and there was probably some sort of roadblock where they had to learn this pop song and they had to to sing it. They didn't have to sing it, Mike, but you're very close. Did they have to dance to it? 
They had to dance to it. And it was the group that performs this song is this group called World Order. And their whole thing is that they wear business suits and they do this like very precise sort of robotic dance. Yes. And so the detour was you had to either learn this dance or you had to go pour sake. And everybody that did the dance was there for hours. And everybody that poured the sake was out very quickly, as I recall. Mm-hmm. Um, who knew that Max Headroom had pertinence again with, in the form of World it, Order? It was very Headroom-esque. <laughs> um, and I remember the song being great, but that, like, season 26 is kind of a blur to me, to be honest. Yeah, it's the thing. When you said it, I'm like, oh, God, I know they, they went to Asia for the first part, but I have no idea what, what happened. I only remember the Cat Cafe from the first part of season 26. <laughs> right. That was in Thailand, I think. They had that weird one where they didn't actually have any roadblocks or detours. It was like, you choose one path or the other path. Mm-hmm. And that was, it was a little experimental, and I think it was an experiment that failed. Mm. Okay. All right. Well, you guys are definitely going to get this next one. Okay. Clip seven. Ooh, okay. There we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that one I love so much. Last season, the karaoke, and what, and what was that? Was that was that Vietnam? No, I don't uh, think it was, was Vietnam. It was Vietnam. It was Vietnam. But yeah, it was Ho Chi Minh City, Vietnam. Vietnam. It was at a karaoke bar called Kingdom Karaoke. Mm-hmm. And they had to learn and perform a snippet of this particular song. Okay. And so now, clip number eight. Rob didn't see this. Oh. We talked about it a little bit on the air at one point, And I believe Mike did see this because we were having Mike step in and cover the show quite a bit during this time. So we're going to go ahead and play it. Okay. And we'll see if Mike remembers this. Okay. Shine your light. Yes, 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 yes. Shine your light, because that is from The Amazing Race Canada, season four. Yep. They went to China, I want to nope. say? They uh, went because- to the exact same karaoke bar that they later went to in season 31. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, so I remember them performing Shine Your Light, because that was one of the more infectious ones. I couldn't, because I think there was also one that they did in, like, season 29, that I feel like was was sort of had a similar hook to Shine Your Light, but it was a little bit different. So I always confuse the two. Yeah, yeah, it's true. But this one, like, this is a legitimate bop. Like, I, I actually, I listened to this for like the entire week after the, the episode aired. There are a lot of good bops in this. You've created a great playlist, Jess, here of like music to work out to during your quarantine. <laughs> I'm going to have to go see if I can dig these up on Spotify and I'll make an actual playlist of Amazing yeah. Race music. <laughs> like, I'm going to do hurdles while, you know, listening to Shine Your Light and Nung Now and World Order Business Suits and Socialism is Great. <laughs> I couldn't find I couldn't find actual socialism is great. That's actually I had to pull it from the episode, but the rest of them are actual recordings of the song. Mm-hmm. So we could certainly come up with a pretty great playlist. Yeah. All right. Well, outstanding work, uh, Jess, with this game and Mike with the game that you set up here. And I feel like we're gonna have a lot of fun here in the tar pits. 
Yeah, I think we've laid some good groundwork in this first leg, much like the first leg proper. That being said, I think we're up for anything and everything to talk about. That's not, you know, I think we saved the recap for talking about stuff specifically in the episode. But as we've shown here, I think literally anything and everything outside of the episode is fair game here in the tar pit. So Mm -hmm. if you have stuff that you want to send us, whether it's during the week or like something you noticed after the episode that you want us to talk about, do so. And we will most likely talk about it in some capacity. Okay. All right. Jess, anything else you want to add? Um, I, I want to add that if anybody has ideas for games, you can certainly shoot those into our DMs and Mike or I can run with it. Or Rob, I guess, but Rob's very busy. Um, Mike and I don't have lives. <laughs> so we would certainly, would certainly love the help to assemble some kind of fun thing for this show, which we're still trying to figure out exactly what this show is. But I think we're off to a really great start here. And we have a lot of other ideas for segments we're going to bring into the show. So stay tuned. Yeah, we're, we're if you send us suggestions, we're not going to dog you like your dog boyfriend. We're going to <laughs> accept them. We're going to cat you. <laughs> we're going to cat you. I guess that's the opposite, right? Is it like the dog boyfriend and the cat girlfriend? Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe. Okay. All right. So we will have a, another amazing race recap for uh, this next week. That'll be on Thursday. I believe that because of my uh, travel schedule that things are going to be a little bit funky. I'm not exactly sure if I'm going to be able to join the uh, recap for uh, this week, but I'm probably going to be out for the tar pits next week. Traveling we'll hold we'll down bring the in somebody. Yes. Yeah. Well, we have subs. We have a bench. Yes. I'm traveling to New York to head to my brother's wedding, which is going to be <laughs> next Friday. Are you going to LAX? Please tell us if you see Wolfgang Puck. Yeah, if I see Wolfgang Puck, I will be very excited. I'll uh, make sure to uh, talk to him about. Hi, did you hear that? It's uh, <laughs> what, what did you what did she say to him that it is? Uh, what season is it? Oh, it's gumbo season. Gumbo season. Yeah. He's like, That's I, I mean, said. listen, uh, they, they filmed this about the same time two years ago. I think we are infringing on gumbo season right now. It might be. might be around this time. So I will uh, be traveling next week. But I hope to be on the recap, at least, uh, for Amazing Race Episode 2 next week. Yeah, I don't know if you've seen the next time on, but there's going to be a lot of interesting stuff. Rob, I will warn you ahead of time. There seems to be a clown-related task. Oh, boy, happening. I'll be out. <laughs> um, but we're actually getting Frank one of the, the, the biggest seasons, uh, biggest twists of the season implemented next week, which will be very, very exciting. People which can look what? into that if they want. So the it yield? looks like... Yeah, so it looks like the yield's coming back, but in a certain way where it's... you you During a certain task, you can find either uh, an hourglass that gives you 10 minutes or 20 minutes. And at any point in time during the race or a certain point in time, you can penalize another team that amount of time. Hmm. So it's sort of like you grab it now and you use it later from what I'm estimating. Okay. Is that going to fit in Hung and Cheese backpack? Or are <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of not it's, even going to mess with it. Yeah, it's a pretty sizable tchotchke. I think that one toothbrush is going to have to go. <laughs> All right. So uh, we'll see what happens on uh, next week's Amazing Race. Uh, Jess, what's next for you? Uh, What's next for me is I'm going to go eat some lunch and then I'm going to come right back down and Mike Bloom and I are going to be talking about Star Trek. Ooh. Okay. Uh, The season three premiere of Disco. 
Mm-hmm. That is correct. And it was a lot of fun. I think yeah. we're going to have quite a lot of material to work with this season. And we, uh, if you have not quite gotten around to disco yet, but you plan to, you can go back and listen to our previous podcast on post-show recaps in which we talked a little bit about season one of Star Trek Lower Decks and then speculated on what we think is going to happen in season three of Disco. And so far, we haven't been wrong. So <laughs> uh, definitely check that out and then check us out breaking down everything that happened in the premiere. Okay. And Mike, what's next for you? What's next for me? Uh, so n- aside from the Star Trek stuff, uh, of course, getting back together with Liana Boris and this week's guest, Mary Kwiatkowski, to talk on the B&B about week 10 of Big Brother. Uh, also, you know, doing Down the Hatch with Josh, uh, which I know Josh is also talking with Jess and Chappelle about Fear the Walking Dead World Beyond, which I think is entering week number two. And also we have engaged in the uh, biggest commitment brand steal of all time, an Australian survivor brand steal of the MCU. Uh, we recorded part two last night at the time of recording. This should be out in a couple days, but it was a very fun ending. And it's good to, to flex those brand steel muscles again after they've sort of been, uh, you know, an atrophy for a while. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks so much for checking out the first ever edition of the Tar Pits. We're back with more Amazing Race coverage this week. Make sure you're subscribed to our Amazing Race podcast feed. Rob has a website.com slash TAR podcast. We always appreciate your feedback and star ratings here at the start of the season. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.